Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hello there, it's uh, it's Colin Nottage here, and uh, welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. We're doing the second part of the Chris uh, the Chris Partridge interview today. Chris uh, Chris and myself uh, worked together a number of years ago uh, when when we were looking at um, looking at the insurance and, and risk in our business, and uh, and he made a massive difference to to how uh, the company that I work for sort of move forward. And you know, Chris uh, Chris is a really successful guy. He's, he's moved he's moved on now. Now works for for Ferroglobe um, around the world. And and and, and today we're we're, we're going to be talking. Quite a bit about about the the, the power, I suppose, of um, you know of, of, of pre-start meetings, post-shift meetings, you know how we how this company goes about dealing with some hazards. You know, some of this stuff's eighteen hundred degrees centigrade, and 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 other than that, good communication. Um, we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk at length about uh, you know about how important it is to communicate in the workforce, and and also he starts to he starts to move on then to to, to some of the building building of societies around the plants and and i love that i love what he talks about there so anyway that's enough of me um let's get in let's start listening to uh, to chris and uh, and i'll be back at the end i think for, for for our business it's more about taking more incremental steps rather than big changes because mm-hmm. we've got because of the nature of where our place our, our, our production sites are located you know they've got a very much uh, of a family feel, mm-hmm. and trying to change cultures, you know, where people are looking out for each other anyway, and 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 you know looking after one another can be very difficult, and also it can be a very dangerous thing as well. Um, but I think one of the things that we certainly could do better at Ferroglobe um, is is I think maybe a little bit more employee engagement. Mm-hmm. within safety meetings and conversations and it's something that i see consistently with companies that i've worked in or, or, or i know about and that a lot of safety um meetings and reviews take place with management mm. well, how many managers really know what's going on at the sharp end mm. not many not many, at all. Not many. Mm. so um i think having more employees as part of that review and, and meeting program mm-hmm. Is certainly a powerful thing. I think you know. I think it's totally right. I mean, just getting you know, it's about getting out and talking to the people who, who, who are doing the doing. Yeah. You know, they're they're the ones that are, that are facing the risk, they're facing the uh, the, the the hassles um, on a, on a daily basis. And Absolutely. so you know, and I think you know as well. I think you know, people being people working in an environment where there's there's, there's it's very very open. There's trust, mm-hmm. honesty. You know, and and they don't feel that they're. Um, you know that they're going to be criticised or brought down for, Absolutely. you know, for bringing Absolutely. for bringing something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I take the airline industry. You know, if if if, if somebody was frightened to talk about a problem that they'd seen on a plane, <laughs> yeah, it'd be horrible. It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? It, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you fly yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's um, you know, that's 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 really that's really good. Um. You know, you, you spoke about um, you know, you, you spoke about dealing with this this material that's at two thousand two thousand mm-hmm. degrees centigrade. Wow, you need a you need a pair of gloves to, uh, oh, <laughs> to pick it up. How, how does that work? I mean, how how do how do people engage with that kind of uh, that kind of hazard in a in a in a in a positive, safe way? Yeah, that's that's yeah, good question. Um, I mean, again, it's 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 kind of woven into the into the fabric of how we operate um, because you know dealing with molten metal. Um, at that temperature is it's a really volatile um, it's a really volatile thing substance 
So when when that molten metal was poured um, into a ladle, um, you know it's around eighteen hundred degrees. One of the things you you don't want uh, coming into contact with that molten metal is water. Um, it becomes a very volatile and very explosive reaction. Um, so we have to make sure that you know things such as our roofs aren't leaking, mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, that 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 the ground is maintained properly um, for when we're towing uh, ladles. Mm-hmm. If you have a ladle which is being towed and some molten metal was to come out of that and hit the floor, then you know you could be in for a really really nasty incident. Um, so. So, so the controls are tight. What we what we have at most of our sites, or nearly all of them, is um, is a is a complex system of, of, of overhead cranes, which then allows the uh, the process of tapping the furnace, pouring the molten metal into the ladle, and then moving that to be poured into the casks. Uh, the casts, sorry, um, is a is a process which is done by cranes and it's done remotely, mm. so that you really remove that human element mm-hmm. from 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 the uh, process so the the business has kind of gone down that road and i think that's you know is clearly the most efficient way of doing things but it's also certainly the safest way mm-hmm. and i think um you know removing that human element that 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 element of human error is always going to be the safest way of doing things mm. no i mean i, I you know again I, I really like what you're talking about there you know um you know, businesses have to engage with risk. You have to engage with risk yeah. because you know to be successful in doing what you're doing, you need to you need to manage this this material that's at the temperatures that you're on about. Um, and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong in a in a big ways. And and we all know that that people make mistakes. You know, so putting in the systems and the processes and the procedures into the business mm-hmm. that allow people to make mistakes, but without it being catastrophic. Yeah. must be an important part of what of what you as a business do yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 one of the things that we've um that we we we, we seem to be successful at is is without making all of our processes which require human interaction to be very bureaucratic we don't have long as your arm systems of work you know we we we're a business who we have all those things we have the risk assessments we have safe systems of work we have all of the controlled documentation mm-hmm. but all of that stuff is 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 delivered to the employees by the supervisors by the manager verbally in mm-hmm. their presence so toolbox talks are a huge thing mm-hmm. we have pre-shift and post-shift meetings handover meetings so that this the the, the employees can talk to the new shift coming on around what they've seen has has anything been acting funny that day um are there any sort of readings or levels which are not quite right um, so so really the communication aspect between employees where they're looking out for each other is is I think what leads us to be quite successful in, in safety mm. I mean I love that I mean you know pre, pre-shift and post-shift briefings mm. you know we as, as industry don't don't do that mm. well enough or often enough mm. and um, you know and I, I can remember doing a uh, I can remember doing a talk um, in Chesterfield a few years ago where there was about 100 people in the room and we got talking about pre-shift meetings and um, and and I just asked the group I asked the, 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 the delegates there how many people do them and, and of the 100 or so people there was about four or five hands that went up mm. and and I so I asked one of the guys um, who put his hand up why do you have a pre-shift meeting 
and he said he felt it was the the, the most pro- productive thing that he did from a health and safety perspective mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. because it gave people the opportunity to just just talk about what was coming up what what you know what, if there had been a problem what what it a bit what it was about just checking that people had the right frame of mind before they were yeah. they were going to go to work and i just asked well why don't more people do it and 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 i and i you know, I just feel that it's something that the, the business should just do. You know, and, and I mean, I can, I can, I can understand it from, you know, put myself in the shoes of of, of, of one of those employees who has to either sit in or, or deliver that that, that meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the shift, you just want to go home to your family or to to whoever. Mm-hmm. You, you you just want to get out of there. Yeah. I get that. From the company's point of view, if those people, you know, are sat in a room talking to each other. Naturally, people would assume that you know that's that's downtime. That's not productive for our business. We're not generating or producing uh, at, that, at that moment. So, but actually, you're saving yourself lots of money at the back end mm. by improving and reducing risk. Mm. Simple and yeah, and just getting people, it's getting people understanding mm-hmm. in it what what is going on. Absolutely, and that Absolutely. is and that's and, just and you know. For, for managers should should really take a take a a good look and, and seriously consider it because you know I've been there many many a time when I've been looking at claims or I've been sat in a court or, or in, a, in, in a in a meeting with lawyers and barristers and insurance companies because of a health and safety incident that's gone wrong and the amount of them which just at the end of the day boil down to a lack of or poor communication mm. between people is is phenomenal and you know if you're a, a manager who has to go and visit someone while they're lying on a hospital bed and their family are sat next to them mm. yeah you know, and then you've got to deal with the financial aspect as well for the company when when quite rightly that person sues you for for, for what can be a large amount of money mm. that's not a that's not a good time and you'll lose even more as a business by having to deal with that process mm. so why not just take a, a little bit of pain earlier on mm-hmm. if you can put it that way and have those meetings, get that communication between your employees going, mm. and uh, and just have a, a health healthy business. Um, you know, and, and when I um, you know, when I go out and talk to to people in the business, their biggest gripe is that there's not enough communication, mm. and it just mm. seems to be, you know, and, and and it just seems to be the issue, the problem that organisations have. <clears throat> do you, as a business, then sort of try and focus on that? I mean, do you do you invest time in in giving your your line managers, supervisors? Skills to be better communicators. I don't. I don't know if we if we we do that. I think um, I think it's a necessity of the high the high risk industry that you you couldn't operate without doing that. Okay. If that yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we 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 operate in uh, in a business with high temperatures, as I've mentioned. We we have extremely high voltage electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, going into our plants, and also we have underground mining, mm. coal mining in, in in Kentucky in the US. We have quarrying machinery, so we, we're in one of the most high risk industries. And as director of risk management, I have to go and speak to insurance companies mm. and convince them to take our risk at times. And mm. and I see some of the the horrified looks when I explain <laughs> our um our activities. But mm. I think it's um uh it, it, you know we do invest t- we we invest time. In employees, we give them the ability. It's not always about training courses and mm. around doing, you know, uh, writing checks for for that sort of thing. I think it's allowing 
employees to have that time to do their job properly, mm-hmm. whether whether that person, he or she's a manager, or whether they're working at the at the sharp end of our business. Mm. It's about giving them, you know, the right equipment and the right time. And I think that's what we do. Mm. We do well. Wow. I mean, I lo- again, love that. I love that as an answer because, uh, you know, there are so there are so many businesses that 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 just don't see. They don't see the time. They, they, they don't see it as an investment. Mm-hmm. They see it as a, as, a, as a cost. As a cost, yeah. But the, the, as I said before in the previous bit, you know, the cost is at the end when you have to visit someone mm-hmm. and their family in a hospital mm-hmm. and deal with the claim and you have to deal with all of the stuff, the, the potential legal um, the litigation that comes as a, part, as a result of having these incidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a much bigger cost. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a much bigger cost. So in your in your role then currently, um, you know what 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 would be the what what sort of things are, are the real big wins that you're trying to you're trying to achieve at the moment? And then this doesn't necessarily have to be health and safety related, but you know what? No. You know, what do you what do you focus? What's, what's, what's taking your time at the moment? Um, oh crikey, where do I start? Um, <laughs> so so I think look, for any business, controlling costs is important. Mm-hmm. So you know I. I I spend a lot of time looking at ways in which we can effectively remove cost mm-hmm. from the business, whether that be you know, spend to supply, whether that be how we can do something differently, how we can learn from incidents, because as I said, you know, incidents have a cost attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do a lot of work on, we, we buy a lot of energy in the company. Yep. So we buy, um, we depending on which country we're operating, we may have a long-term power agreement with a, with an energy provider. Some com- countries auction um, electricity. Right. Um, so we have to, we have to look at, um, we have to look at that and, and how much do we take? Because sometimes if you believe it or not, if you don't use as much energy as you buy, you can actually be penalized for that. Okay. So, um, so, so we look at, you know, what, what are the risks around us? Are we buying too much? Or is it best to buy a little bit and then pay for a bit more as you when as and when you need it? Almost mm-hmm. like a pay as you go tariff or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, we're talking about big numbers here. We're talking about tens of millions of, of, of dollars. Um, Do you get involved in renewable at all? Renewable? Yeah. We we've just actually sold all of our renewable right. <laughs> energy um, in Spain. So we we've, we've just sold um, uh, a hydroelectric. A number of dams yeah, and, uh-huh. um, and turbines, um, just because they're, they're non-core to what we do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's no there's no direct link between those sites and our businesses. Right. So we gen- we we use a lot of electricity. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, well, having hydroelectricity and generating that's going to save you some money. It actually, doesn't because it just gets connected straight back yeah. into the grid. You haven't got the cable. Going, yeah, going into yeah, the plant. Yeah. <laughs> Who built yeah. a factory over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. And what 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 else? I mean, you know, so energy energy is a big part of it. And, and, and what about is there is there stuff from a from a purse people perspective that you're working on in the business at the moment? You know, is let's let's say you know health and safety. We've spoken quite a, you know a lot about you know high temperatures and um, that kind of stuff, which is which is very much the safety side of things. Mm-hmm. What about what about the health side? Do you uh, yeah. yeah. So we um, in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen we've launched um, uh, a program around um, a code of conduct, but not a code of conduct in the traditional sense. We what we've done is we've added lots of other 
bits and pieces within that. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about ethics and compliance and also employee well-being mm-hmm. as well. So we have a lot of um, uh, employees in, in different countries and we give them the op- opportunity to, if they see something that's been done that's unethical or unsafe or maybe breaching some sort of compliance, so they can anonymously report it and talk to someone about it. Um, we also have a, uh, a line as well for people who are suffering with mental, um, with with stress or, or maybe yep. uh, men- mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take that very seriously. So they can talk to talk to professionals um, mm. free of charge mm-hmm. um, and in confidence as well, mm. which is important, I think, for, for such issues. Yeah, no, yeah. With, with with you know, and you know, I you know, we do a lot of work in the construction industry, mm-hmm. and um, you know, men- mental health is just such an important part of uh, absolutely. You know, I think one of one of the interesting things as well is you know, with a lot of heavy industries, thankfully we're seeing more more women in 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 the industry now, but. Because it comes from a very inherently macho um, standpoint, mm. that you know, us men we don't talk about things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's nice to see the company, you know, trying to, to change that and you know encourage people if they think they are suffering or are suffering from from something that you know they've got the ability, they've got an outlet for mm-hmm. for uh, for them to go and talk. Mm. I was um I was doing a presentation uh, last last week. Um, in the coring industry, and uh, one of the uh, one of the ladies uh, who um, who was also presenting um, was from a, uh, an industrial health organisation talking about testicular cancer, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, she she produced a a ball sack <laughs> that went round the uh, that went round the audience, <laughs> and you had a bit of a feel, and uh, yeah, that was interesting. But but also you know you know it's something that you know that men just don't like talking about. Absolutely. You know, and you know, and I think just trying to trying to break down some of these taboos, and you know, just you know, and just getting people much more open mm-hmm. about it's just really important. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It reminds me actually of my dad, right? To be fair, who um, who a number of years ago noticed something when he was urinating, mm-hmm. and um, he went straight to his GP, mm-hmm. and within a few days he was in for tests in the hospital and he was diagnosed with bladder cancer right mm-hmm. um and you know he's a, a guy who was in the construction industry all his life mm-hmm. very much a man's man mm-hmm. but um but you know fortunately he he acted early instead of ignoring certain warning signs um and i, th- I think it's just important you know mm-hmm. that uh, that that people kind of dispense with that old mentality and uh, yeah mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, with your, you know, with your job and your business now, then what's um, you know, what does the, what does the, what does the future hold from a from a risk perspective? Then what you, uh, you know. So I think, um, you know, risk risk management is is something that, if people think back to fifteen years ago, it's no one really knew what it meant. They didn't really, you know, even maybe even heard of it. But it's but it's certainly more prevalent in in every single industry. You're seeing more and more chief risk officers being uh, appointed to boards, um, and and the job being at quite a high level in the business in in any business. Um, but I think in terms of the future, I think we have to look at a lot of what's going on in the world. So you know we're we're, just, we're in some some really uh, unprecedented times at the moment, politically, mm-hmm. geopolitically. Um, we've got weather events which are happening, mm-hmm. which which are bucking all the trends that we've seen over the last hundred years or so. 
um, whether it's hurricanes, flooding. And, and if we look back over the last 30 years or so, these, these events uh, are increasing and they're increasing in severity as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are things which, um, which risk management can help mm. a company deal with and, and, and not always foresee, but certainly deal with if they were to, to happen. Um, another, I think another, another big point as well is, is towns and cities are getting bigger and busier as well. Mm-hmm. And that puts more stress on services, puts more stress on utilities. So there's the potential for shortages as well. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, bar everything else that's going on around us at the moment, the increases in, in, in urban conurbations with the population rising, I think are all raw matters which which we really are going to see as, as risks to to the way in which we live at the moment. Mm. Mm. And so that's going that's going way, way beyond uh, you know, worrying about a bit of uh, a bit of hot metal in a in a ladle. Absolutely. In a, you know, Absolutely. I mean it's 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 how the business makes those those bigger those bigger decisions. Yeah. You know, in its mm. organisation. Again, one of the things that I saw on the um, you know on the uh, on your website as well was this this total quality program mm-hmm. that you know that you have with your with your employees. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. So one of the things I mentioned um, earlier on was around um, was around the application of our products. So everything from solar panels to batteries to cosmetics, um, our, our products go into uh, so many things around you. Um, obviously, being a raw material to those products, we need to make sure that our product is made right. Mm-hmm. It's made to the specification of the customer, yep. and that when it's shipped to them, it arrives in the condition that they're expecting it to be in. Yeah, you know, would you? We we don't want to be on the end of a of a product recall um, for a number of um, gearbox casings or engine casings from 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 a large motor manufacturer. So we have to make sure that what we do is done right, and it's done right first time. So what the business has done over the years is invested um, in in all of our production locations, um, is invested in laboratories mm-hmm. and the equipment as well, so that we're able to to test all of our product. When when um, we tap a furnace and that product is now being cooled in in a cast, and then it gets crushed to the size uh, that the customer specifies, we'll then take samples of of all of the the, the product. And test it for any impurities to make sure that the the, the, the levels of this constituent parts are in the correct place, mm-hmm. so that we don't end up in a situation like I just described with a with a with a huge product recall, or maybe just simply a product uh, liability claim mm-hmm. against Faraglobe from from our customer. And also, not only just the 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 the, um, the penalties of, of dealing with such matters, but also it's your reputation, and then that's the one that's the one thing you as a business have to handle. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we uh, we have a laboratory at every single site in the world um, with spectro uh, spectrometers, and we can do all kinds of clever analysis um, on our products and to make sure that you know we don't have have those incidents. And in in it's you know it's a thing that. Gives me pleasure to say that the business has never had a product liability claim. Okay, no, in, in all its years, mm. so I think that's fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. very good. That's great. Um, you use um, um, you know, sil- silica a lot. Is is silicosis a problem, or does the or does the manufacturing um, uh, you know, of it mm. sort of remove that remove that as a problem? Yeah. So we there's two different types of um, uh, of, of silica. Right. Amorphous. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the the other one, okay. 
but what we do is um but fortunately we don't we don't deal with the 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 unsafe um the carcinogenic version right, okay um but what we do so you you've mentioned silica and silica fume so when we crush our product once it's made it generates a lot of dust yep so what we've done is we we now extract all of that dust during the crushing phase of the process mm-hmm. through a clever um network of pipes and fans and filters and everything and we actually bag that product okay. mm-hmm. um, so it takes it out of the atmosphere safer environment for our employees and we can actually sell a byproduct and make extra money yeah. um, so uh, one of the one of the routes silica fume will go down is into concrete so it can be used as an additive additive to strengthen and more aesthetically please concrete yeah um, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. just a good example of where you know the right investment can not only create itself a safer workplace, but it also um, can also generate more income. Isn't it? More income. More income. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. That's great. Hey, Chris. You know, thanks. Thanks a lot for today. Where, how can people get hold of you if they want to get hold of you? Um, well, through you, I think as well. That's okay. one way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I can I'll give a bunch of details. On. Um, but no, uh, I can be found on LinkedIn. My name's Christopher Partridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch and has found anything I've said interesting, then and the company's website, what's the what's the website? It's ferroglobe.com. www.ferroglobe. That's f e r r o g l o b e dot com. dot com. Hey, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, cheers, buddy. Well, that that was just that was just lovely. That I I just loved having a chat with uh, with Chris. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, um, a colleague, but um, you know, also very very successful at what he does, which is helping his business manage uh, you know manage the risk in the workplace. And and I think what I what I absolutely loved about the the two episodes was was how how he talks about how important it is to have some some clear objectives and, and working with the business to set and manage the objectives. How in episode one, the uh, the employee induction, you know, the employee induction developed by the guys at the sharp end of the business was was just so important. You know, and 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 how many businesses do that? How many businesses, how many organizations actually give the the the, the, the time and the effort to their employees to actually put something together to sell tell their message to the people that are coming onto their site about how about how the, they, they want them to behave how they want them to, uh, to to react with them interact with them how they want to uh, make them aware of the uh, of the risks and the hazards that are associated with coming onto uh, onto that site and you know and if, if if you don't take anything else away from these uh, from these sessions but but actually look at using your employees more to do some really positive stuff in communicating the message about your business then then that'll do for me you know if you do that if you're able to take that and run with that then that uh, that would be absolutely uh, absolutely wonderful hey um, um, you know I hope you've enjoyed these uh, these two episodes coming up we've got um you know we've got some some a chat with uh, with Rory Underwood we've got a chat with Jason Anker and also, um, we've just secured a, an interview with a guy called um, Ian Manners, and Ian uh, Ian works for um, uh, DAB Beach, uh, Beechcroft, and um, and it's going to be lovely having a chat with him and, and talking about some of the more proactive things that uh, that uh, um, solicitors do in respect of uh, you know helping businesses from a health and safety perspective. Hey, have a uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Bye now.
Thanks for listening to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.